أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الكريم وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته I am your brother Fahad Sarwani and um, it is a pleasure to be here with all of you and uh, I want to thank you for sacrificing your weekend to come here <laughs> it's not easy I know yeah, with all the hard work that you go through during the week, you want to have some time off. But I guess this is maybe the only time we had to arrange this. And this is more of like a trial, an experiment. Let's see how it goes. Let's see if you like it. Uh, we can continue, you know. Uh, hello, hi. So from, uh, from what I understand, all of you speak French or yeah. how come? Okay. Ahmed Matkalam Paransi, because all of the rest, they, you go to like French school or because you have some French origin? It's all different. For me, I went to French school when I was a kid. Okay, okay. Good, so um, to start off, I just want you all to share with me why you are here. Like what is your intention to be here, okay? Because I want this to be like an uh, interactive session. I don't want to just give you a talk and you fall asleep and I get bored, okay? So we'll start with you. Just tell me your na first name and then why you are here, what you want to get from this. So and, and by the way, if your parents force you to be here, say it. It's okay. So my, I heard about, my name is Fadas. Okay. I heard about this from my mother and she told me to come. So I was like, sure, why not? Okay. Interested, but what, what makes you interested though? Like I always, I don't mind always learning more about my religion. Okay, good. Very good. Yes, for, yes. Uh, my name is Basil, I'm an older brother. Okay. Uh, I'm a university student, but uh, I decided to accompany him nice. here. Uh, also, same thing, I'd like to learn more about my religion. Okay. I feel like I'm lacking in certain aspects, so it's always Good. better to do it. Excellent. Excellent. My name is Ahmed, and I came here for the food, and my mom asked me to come here. She forced you or asked you? Um, this first one. Okay. And? What do you, why, why, like, what do you want to get from this? I don't know. Okay, so you're open to explore. Okay. Okay. You, what's your name again? Mendin. 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 Okay. Okay. Is it a common French name or? Thanks, Maldin. Thanks. Yeah. My name is Aline. Uh, Aline. Daline. D-A-L-I-N. -L okay. And I came here because uh, my mom wanted to. And I was open to learning English stuff, especially about my religion. Very good. Very good. Yes? My name is Maria. Uh, I came here because my mom told me about this and I wanted to learn English stuff. Okay. Okay. Nice. Nice. Yes? Okay, okay. Uh, Ismail, you mind coming in the fr front row, please? Thank you. Yes. Uh, my name is Kareem. I learned about this in my mom and I came here to learn more about religion. Okay, very good. Very good. I like your honesty. It's good. <laughs> mm. 
So, um, yeah, a little bit about myself. Um, I'm a father of four kids. I work in an Islamic bank by profession. But uh, I also like to do this part-time. I like to like teach um, young kids stuff about life and religion. I don't see them as separate things. Life and religion is just like, you know, two sides of the same coin. And I felt that um, I went through my transformation from being like a normal kid to like being interested in Islam when I was 21 year old and I was in New York City studying. And uh, then I thought that, you know what, why not share this with younger kids so that you can get your awareness and become smarter earlier on so that you don't fall into the mistakes that everyone else did, you know. And uh, in, our, in our sessions, what I like to focus on is Quranic uh, surahs, like surahs that you already know. And the objective would be to appreciate how powerful the Quran is to guide our lives. Okay? Because right now, Quran has become like this religious book that's just shit, uh, that's, it's sitting on our shelf at home and we don't really read it to understand what God is trying to say to us. We, it's become more of like a, a book that you read maybe in Ramadan. Right? How many of you read, read the Quran more often or more regular in Ramadan? Most of us, right? What about like every Friday? Do you read Surah Al-Kaf? How many of you do that like regularly? Right? Every Friday, some people read Surah Al-Kaf. But other than that, like we don't have, we're disconnected from the Quran. Although the Quran is a book that um, was a miracle. Literally, it is a miracle. What makes the Quran a miracle? And it was the miracle of our last prophet, Muhammad, peace be upon him. What makes the Quran a miracle? Any, anyone? Yes. Exactly. So scientific proof. Um, what else? Are there other miracle, miraculous aspects of the Quran? Yes. I also have to concentrate and uh, uh, learn more. I have to memorize easier. Yes. A lot of things uh, have to do with your uh, health and the mental uh, state. Exactly. Even nowadays, we like hear about mental health issues. People have. either depression or anxiety. How many of you know like people or friends who've going through mental health issues? Depression, anxiety, loneliness, right? It's very common in uh, teenagers. Uh, they have a name for it like emo. They call them emo people, right? Yes? People who are like lonely, alone, they like to wear black and they're uh, just confused about life. And so the Quran, is a book of light. Like literally, Allah calls it nur. Nur in Arabic means light. And so it lightens up your heart. It lightens up your mind. It allows you to see. And um, 
when, what's the opposite of nur? Darkness. So obviously if you don't have nur, if you can't see, then your life will be filled with darkness. You will be blinded. You will be deceived. And it's scary to be in the dark, right? Like, most, like I have a six-year-old. She like, likes me to open the door in the bedroom for her at night because she likes some light to come in. She doesn't like it to be pitch dark. Because we get scared when it's pitch dark. Why? Because we can't see. There's a lot of unknown uncertainty. But the Qur'an is um, light and it allows us to see. And I would say that one of the biggest miracles of the Qur'an is that it transforms human beings. It changes the way you think. It uh, programs you to think in the way Allah wants you to think. And uh, it changes your character. It shapes the way you think and behave based on how Allah wants you to behave. So if, if there's a Quranic behavior, Quranic character, what is the opposite of that? Yeah, exactly. Like, so shaitan's goal, basically, right? Uh, shaitan's goal is to, for you to do the exact opposite of what Allah wants you to do. Right? And we live in a world where there's so many um, traps. There's so much uh, deception and lies and materialism. Right? Like people are running after something that is not what they're meant to run after. Like most people run after what in life? Money, Money is a big one. What else? Nowadays, money is like the god that most people worship, right? Everyone wants to become a millionaire, a billionaire, and this and that, and they follow Elon Musk, and they want to be like him. They want to buy the Lamborghini and the big house and the fancy cars and the private jet and the yacht. Everyone wants that, right? So that's like this ilah, like a god that you worship in your heart. What else? What are people, what are people running after? Sins, yes, so sh like shahawat they call them, right? Sins are known as temptations or shahawat or desires. Uh, different kinds of sins. Our body parts like are attracted to different kinds of sins. And all of you are teenagers here, so I'm going to be talking very openly, explicitly. I hope you don't mind, right? Because again, this is, we're talking about life here and there's no shame in life. So uh, there are the sins of the eyes, the eyes, and that's why shaitan... Like, let me tell you something about shaitan. Very creative, very smart, very intelligent shaitan is. To destroy us, he has one weapon. And he'd use the same weapon when he made our father and mother, our first father and mother, who are they? Yeah. So, who knows what the objective of shaitan was from them eating from the tree? Like, what did he want? Yes, he wanted them to disobey Allah, yes. But why? What did he want to happen next? Uh, he wanted them to uh, descend from paradise to earth. Exactly, but before that, what happened? He wanted something to happen. Before that, so th them dis being descended down was the punishment, right? But right after they ate from the tree, something happened. That is exactly what shaitan wanted to happen. 
What happened? Who knows? They choked? Like after eating? From, no, that's not choked. Anyone? Yes? Yes, thank you. Their clothes came off. And Allah tells us in the Quran, in Surah Al-A'raf, He tells us that His objective was to make Adam and Hawa, their clothes come off, their shame, to become like shameful, for their shame to be exposed. So that is the number one trick of shaitan, is to, for people to take their clothes off, or for people to wear less clothes. Because from that, then what happens to society? There's all sorts of uh, shamelessness, all sorts of, uh, you have people wearing less clothes, the fashion industry changes, and then uh, the relationship between the guy and the girl becomes easily there is an, a room for haram to happen. Like the boyfriend-girlfriend kind of thing. And then uh, guys would want to look at girls who dress less. And, and then there's websites that show you that. And then you become addicted to that. And then girls also, t because they want to be liked by the guys, they will start wearing less. So you see, you see that happening in society? Less clothes coming on and more haram relationships happening. Like you guys tell me, how many boyfriend-girlfriend relationships do you know in school? Like how many of you know at least one boyfriend-girlfriend in school? Is it common or no? Yes? <laughs> Is it? Yes? And then one step leads to another. These are called khutuwat shaitan footsteps of shaitan. Okay? So, like uh, the brother said, sins, shahawat, so the eyes have shahawat, they want to see haram, they want to see less clothes. And then you have music videos, you have Netflix showing all sorts of movies with different weird scenes, you have YouTube, you have ads, you have all sorts of things. And then there are sins of the tongue. Saying haram, cursing, uh, lying, insulting others, making fun, bullying. Is bullying common in school? Yeah. Very? Yeah? Making fun of others and uh, backbiting, spreading false rumors. These are all sins of the tongue. Then you have sins of the hand. Either beating or... Huh? Stealing, Stealing yes. Then you have also, um, sorry, this keeps wanting to sleep, so I have to, you know, pull it back. You have f uh, sins of the feet, going into haram places. Sins of uh, the stomach, drinking haram, like alcohol or smoking or vaping. Common or no, not common? Vaping, very common. So anything that you consume, that's haram. So yes, so shaitan wants you to like be indulged in sins. Why? Do you know why? Because when you fall into sin, guess what, hap what happens to your heart? It becomes veiled. Do you guys know what a veil is? It's like uh, layers, like a curtain. A block, blockages happen in your heart. But what ha wh why does shaitan want blockages to happen in the heart? So that our life becomes blind. And then these veils... When Qur'an is heard, the Qur'an is light. But what happens to the heart when there's veils around the heart and you listen to Qur'an? What happens? Does anything change in you? Does anything change in you? Does, it, does the Qur'an light 
enter your heart or no, it's blocked by the veils? It does, but very little because there's so many sins. That's why people like, you know, you listen to Quran, it doesn't move your heart. It doesn't make you cry. It doesn't transform the way you think because there's veils in the heart. So yes, we're learning all this stuff, but I'm, I'm trying to explain to you what happens spiritually inside. Shaitan's goal is to work on the core. The core of our being is what? It's the heart. What is the core of our being? Heart. Okay? And, if shait and shaitan wants that heart to be black. It, he wants it to be veiled, covered with all sorts of sins. Like if you listen to haram, there is a veil in the ears called waqr. Quranically, Allah calls it waqr. Wa fi adhanihim waqr. In their ears, there is this waqar. It's like this veil that is connected to your heart, but it's also a hearing veil. So, you know, some people, if you put Quran on, they get annoyed. They can't stand listening to Quran. Or sometimes they like um, listen to adhan, they get irritated. Have you, have you seen that before? Yeah, it happens sometimes. Why? Because there's veil that's connected to the ears, because they're listening to too much haram. Too much filth, too much backbiting, too much uh, wrong use of the tongue. So there's all sorts of veils. There's a veil for seeing haram, there's a veil called ghishawa. It veils your heart, you cannot see. You will see the sunset, but you'll be like, ah, whatever. What are you supposed to say when you see the moon? What are we supposed to say? Subhanallah, right? It's supposed to move us. We're supposed to sit there and watch the moon for like one hour and say, Subhanallah, it's such an amazing thing. But when we have ghishawa in our, um, when we have ghishawa in our hearts, ghishawa is the veil for the eyes. When we see the moon, do we get amazed or we're like, yeah, whatever. What happens? Yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever right? Because khalas, the, the eyes can see physically, but they cannot see beyond the physicality. They cannot see the beauty of Allah's creation. Just like the ears, you can hear me speaking, but you cannot hear the beauty of the words. You cannot understand, you cannot comprehend. Similarly, the eyes can see, but they cannot see beyond. So these are some of the goals of shaitan. He wants you to go opposite of Quran. And of course, with Quran, we have another source for our guidance. What is that? Yeah, so Quran and Salah is part of yani, Quranic teachings, but... The Prophet Muhammad's way of life. Yeah? Sunnah. Exactly. Quran and Sunnah. These two are our primary guides. Why do we need both? Why Quran and Sunnah? Think of it like in your school you have chemistry exam. Imagine the teacher gives you the chemistry book and he says, I will test you on the exam after two weeks. Is that... Is that going to be easy? But what if now the teacher gives you the book, but he says, I will teach you chapter by chapter. So you have the book, the theory, and you have the teacher. Is that going to make things easier now? Yes. So you have theory and practical. You have the book and you have a teacher. Similarly, the Quran is the book. And who is the teacher? Prophet Muhammad. Prophet Muhammad peace be upon. And so his sunnah is our, the way we learn. He taught us. And he was the embodiment of the Qur'an. Like he, 
live by the Quran. Okay? And so, what Quran does, like I told you, it transforms the way you think. So, I chose one surah that maybe many of you have memorized. How many of you have memorized this surah? Surah Al-Asr. Hello. Can you come from the front, please? Yeah. yeah. There's one chair here. So how many of you know, uh, hi, you can come and sit here so I can see you, yes. There is one chair here, yes. How many of you know Surah Al-Asr? How many of you have memorized Surah Al-Asr? Wal-Asr, inna al-insana lafi khusr, illa al-ladhina amanu wa amilu salihat wa tawasaw bil-haq wa tawasaw bil-sabr. So inshallah today the goal is for you to walk out with a nice and deep understanding of this Surah, which is, I think it's one of the shortest surahs in the Quran, right? And we often read it in salah, why? Because it's nice and short, so our salah becomes short. Yes? So are you interested to know more about it? When I, when I studied the surah with my teacher, it changed my life. Because, it, like I told you, Quran changes the way you think. And also, it's such a short surah, but so much lessons. So much wisdom, so much light. Okay? And it will make you appreciate the Quran. The Quran is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for us. Okay? So Allah starts off by saying, Wal Asr. I swear, Allah is swearing by, it's like, this is called a qasam. Allah is swearing by time. Asr is the meaning of time. I swear by time. And He says, Inna al insana lafi khusr. There is no doubt about it. The human being is in loss. Is that scary or? Allah is swearing by time that the human being is in a state of loss. Does that grab your attention or no? Yeah, and it's like scary. Like, if, like when Allah swears, do you believe Him? You better believe Him. I mean, He's not messing around, right? <laughs> it's Allah speaking. He's saying, I swear by time, the human being. And you know the, the word inna? Inna means for sure, for sure, for sure. For sure, the human being is in loss. So it's even more scary now, right? Like, wait a second, why? So now the question in your mind comes, why? And then Allah gives you hope. Is that a generator or like a quad bike or... It's a car. Oh, it's a bike, I think. You want to close this door? or It's a Harley, I think, right? Okay. So then Allah says, Illa. After the human being is in a state of loss, He says, Illa. Illa means what? Except for. Except for. So now it makes you think like, whew. It's like a relief that, okay, human beings are in a state of loss. That's the default. But then there is an exception. Illa. And then the exception is who? Alladheen, those who amanu, number one, they believed. And then number two, wa'amilu salihat, they do good deeds. And number three, they encourage each other towards the truth. They remind each other towards the truth. Tawasaw, that's what it means. 
And then number four, and they remind each other for patience. Okay, I, I gave you a very um, shallow, easy translation. Okay, so now right off the bat, like. What are we learning? We're learning that Allah is swearing that all human beings are in a, in a state of loss. But then we're learning that there's an exception. And the exception is that you have to do how many things? To be from the exception? Four. Amanu, amilu salihat, tawasaw bil haq, tawasaw bil sabr. You do these four and then guess what? Are you going to be the loser or the winner? Yeah, you're not in a state of loss, you're the winner. Okay. What if you do three out of four? Or two out of four, or one out of four. Will that be enough? No, four. How do we know it's four? Because of the letter wow. Wa means what in math? And, exactly, plus. It's a plus sign. Yeah? So if you want to convert this surah into like a mathematical formula, it would be success. Equals Iman plus Amal Salih plus Tawasib al Haq plus Tawasib al Sabr. Yes, so that is like the formula here. Okay. Now, don't all of us want to be successful? What do you think? How many of you want to be successful? All of us, obviously. Nobody wants to be the loser, right? They usually use this term, right? Loser. So, what is success? Let's talk about that. And yeah, you, you guys tell me what is success? Yes. Wow, beautiful. What's your name again? Kareem, mashallah. Making Allah happy with you. That is true success. Amazing answer. What else? Good. Very good. Very good. Success in deen and success in dunya. So, get, tell, so about deen, it's making Allah happy. Right? It's uh, going to Jannah and all of that. What about dunya? What's the success of dunya? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's your role in this life. What did, what did you mean about dunya success? Yeah? So about success of dunya, tell me about that. Uh, I meant it in a way where about success in Islam and success in actual life. Yeah, so tell me about actual life. Like what's success? Being successful in school. Good grades. Yeah, good grades. Nice job. Good business, money, car, family, wife, husband, kids, right? All that kind of stuff. So, society has different definitions of success. And usually, like, the, the, when, I, when I talk about this world, how many of you have seen the, the movie The Matrix? The Matrix, you've seen? So think of the Matrix as this like false world, like this delusion that they want you to trap, to be entrapped into, so that you can think in a, in a way that they can control you. Okay, that's the Matrix. 
And then Allah wants you to get out of the matrix and see what Allah has to say about life. Okay? Most people are living in the matrix or outside the matrix. In. They're stuck inside the matrix. So they go to work every day thinking about money. They study because of grades. They're going on social media for shahwat. They're watching movies for entertainment. Their life is all about getting good grades so I can get a nice job, so I can uh, make good money, so I can buy a nice car, so I can get married, so I can travel the world. That's the matrix way of living. So I can get a loan, so I can get a credit card, so I can buy more stuff, so I can show off more, so I can pretend that I'm happy. So I can post social media posts, so I can get more followers, so I can become more popular. So it's about money and fame and just consuming more and more and more, buying more and more and more. Yeah? That's the matrix. Buying stuff with money that you don't have to please people that don't like you. You know? Do you agree that there is a trap out there? Yes? And by the way, all the systems around you are working to get you into that trap. The education system, the entertainment system, the news, uh, what else? Maybe friends, yes? So, is it, uh, do you guys agree that there is a matrix? Do you guys agree that most people are stuck in that matrix? Yes? Why are most people stuck in that matrix? Okay. What else? Yeah, this, this life, this dunya, exactly. And they've forgotten what's after, right? They're not thinking about the big questions of life. What are the big questions of life? Why am I here? Who am I? What is, who is my creator? What does he want from me? Where am I going? What's the purpose of my life? You know, these are big questions. But small minds, the people stuck in the matrix, they think like, what's the next movie I'm going to watch? When is Ronaldo going to play next? Where are we going out for dinner? What am I going to buy next? When am I going to get a job? When am I going to get... You know what I mean? Like it's all about materialism. Buying stuff. Impressing people. Living a life to impress others. Taking selfies and posting on Instagram and social media and Snapchat to impress others. You always want to be impressive to others. You care about what others think of you. You keep comparing your life to others. And you keep being unhappy because you see people on social media that are happier than you. And it makes you depressed. Right? Isn't that what's happening? Yeah. So it's a trap. Okay? And one of the objectives of these sessions is to, maybe for two hours a week, you come out of that trap. We, we open your eyes to reality. Okay? And Quran does that. Quran when Allah speaks to us, it opens up reality to us. Okay? It's like you're sleeping, but then you wake up all of a sudden. So let's, let's go now deeper. Okay? 
So when we look at the comparison between majority and minority, do you think like Allah when He speaks about majority, He speaks in a positive way or a negative way? Negative. Usually majority is negative. And, and minority is always positive. Okay, so for example, let's look at majority. Most of them, they don't listen. Three times that's mentioned in the Quran. Why don't they listen? Because they have waqar in their ears, right? They're Most of them will not believe. Six times it's mentioned in the Quran. Most of them, they don't thank. They're not grateful. They're not thankful. Always complaining. Six times mentioned in the Quran. Most of them don't understand. They don't think. Six times. But then look at the scary one. This one is mentioned 45 times in the Quran. Most of them, they don't even know. So we're learning one of the biggest weapons of shaitan to destroy us, to make us from the losers is what? To make us ignorant. Okay? Opposite of ignorance is ilm, right? Knowledge. What's the first ayah that came down when the Prophet was... Yes, what's the ayah? What's the word? Well, the first word? Iqra. Right? Read. It's a command from Allah to human beings. Read. Learn. Educate yourself. And yeah, okay, you read Quran, of course, but you also read about history. You read about things that will make you smarter. But notice how أَكْثَرُمْ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ They don't even know. And what in Surah Al-Fatiha, what do we call these people who don't know? Surah Al-Fatiha, which you read every salah. People who don't know end up being... Misguided, right? What's the word for misguided in Surah Al-Fatiha? Ballin. Lost. When you don't know, you'll get lost. Like if uh, I didn't, I never came here before, so for me, if I didn't use Google Maps, will I get lost or no? Yeah. So I'll get lost. So Google Maps gave me the knowledge. And when I followed Google Maps, did it make my life easier or no? Quran is like Google Maps. It takes you from point A to B easily. You don't have to waste your time getting lost. You don't have to reinvent any, anything. But then if you say, ah, I don't need Google Maps, I'll figure it out on my own. Will it make your life difficult or easy? Yeah. So Allah has given you the tool. He's given you Quran and Sunnah. He said, this is your Google Maps. Follow it. It will take you from A to B. What is A to B? From your life, this dunya to? Akhirah, to him, to Jannah. Easy, just follow it. But what do most people do? Do they use Google Maps or they follow what their friends say? Or you follow what like? Yeah, temptations, desires, Netflix, YouTube, Snapchat. We get lost, yes? Now let's look at the minority. Allah says, لَتَّبَعْتُمُ الشَّيْطَانَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا you will follow shaitan, most of you, except for a few. Twice it's mentioned that only a few will not follow shaitan. The rest are following shaitan. لا يذكرون الله إلا قليلا Mentioned three times. 
they don't remember Allah except very little. And then, لَأَحْتَنِكَنَّ ذُرِّيَتَهُ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا Very few of us will be uh, entrapped in shaitan's. Most of them will be trapped in shaitan's uh, tricks. Very few will not be. لَا يَفْقَهُنَا إِلَّا قَلِيلًا Only few of them understand. لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا Very few will believe. And this ayah in Surah Sad is that, again, see this is, it's scary, but in a way it's good for us to be scared sometimes. Because when we get scared, we wake up. So Allah says, on the, on the tongue of shaitan, قَالَ فَبِعِزَّتِكَ لَأُغْوِيَنَّهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ Shaitan swears by Allah that I will make sure you guys, does anyone want to close that door, I think? So he says, Shaitan swears by Allah, I will misguide all of them. Can you imagine that? Shaitan telling Allah, I swear by you Allah, I will misguide all of them. لَأُغْوِيَنَّهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ But then he says, إِلَّا Again, exception. إِلَّا عِبَادَكَ مِنْهُمُ الْمُخْلَصِينَ Except for from your servants, there will be a few that will be saved. But for the most part, most people will be what? Misguided. Misguided. Okay, that's shaitan's commitment. So, now we get to the heart of the, the talk today. Surah Al-Asr. Okay? So you have like these two, uh, two groups. The majority and the minority. Okay? What did we learn about majority in the Qur'an? Do they pass or fail? Yeah. And minority? Yeah, so think of it as like 5%. I just gave some numbers just to make it easy. 5% success going upwards. 95% failure going downwards. Which one would you want to be of? Success. success. But you have to remember, number one, lesson number one from Surah Al-Asr. To be from the successful, you have to be from the... Majority or minority? That is lesson number one in life. If you follow the crowd, you will be what? You will fail. If you follow, like if you're just one of the sheep and you're following someone blindly, you're following the trend, you're following whatever is popular, whatever is cool, Failure. You have to think differently. You have to be unique. You have to have the... And by the way, does it take courage to be different? Yeah. A lot of people follow the crowd and, the, and what's popular is because they're afraid. Afraid of what? Exactly. It's not, it's not nice to be different. Like People like to fit in. Because when you fit in, you can hide in the crowd. But when you want to be different, it requires courage. Now, does Allah and the Prophet teach us to be courage, courageous or afraid like a chicken? Yes, the Islamic personality is extremely courageous. Extremely strong. Look at the, all the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. Very, very courageous. Very strong personalities. They would walk in front of kings and kings would tremble. 
That's how much iman they had in their hearts, right? So lesson number one, to be from the successful, we'll have to do things differently. The matrix wants you to follow the rest of the crowd. But we have to do things differently. So that's a question you need to ask yourself, right? Am I willing to do things differently? Is it worth it? Am I willing to pay the price? Now, let's move on. And we'll, of course, look at different uh, aspects of our life. We'll look at spirituality, our deen, our relationship with Allah. We'll look at relationships. We'll look at finances, health, and intellectual growth. Okay? These are all aspects of our life, right? All of this makes up your life. Yes or no? Yes? Now, the, this is another reality. Okay? You have to understand that the way you think determines many things. The way you think is called the philosophy. Okay? Your philosophy of life. And the way you think, your philosophy of life will determine your attitude. Your attitude will determine what kind of actions you take. What kind of actions you take will determine what kind of results you have. And what kind of results you have will determine your life. So it all starts off at what? At what? Philosophy, how you think. And what does the Qur'an do? It makes you think in a certain way that's unique, it's different. And it's usually the opposite of the matrix. <coughs> matrix wants you to be indulged in dunya, right? What does Qur'an do? It yeah, it, and it makes you think of what? What's, yeah, your goal becomes akhirah. Matrix wants your heart to be obsessed with dunya. Quran makes us obsessed with akhirah. But do we, le- do we leave this world and just think about akhirah and go in the mountains and pray? No, we live in this world. Like I'll give you a very simple example to understand this. Like how do you manage between dunya and akhirah? Okay? Keep akhirah in, filled with your heart. Like your heart should be filled with akhirah. You're obsessed with akhirah. I'll use, I'm, I'm using the word obsessed, okay? Because we all have an obsession. It's either going to be dunya or akhirah. There's no in between. You can't say, oh, well, I have dunya and akhirah in my heart. Okay? But what do you, so you have akhirah in your heart, you're obsessed with akhirah in your heart, but where do you hold dunya? In your heart or in your hand? In your hand. So dunya is in your hands. It's not in your heart. So dunya, does it keep changing? Is dunya predictable or unpredictable? Like, are you guaranteed that you'll be wealthy or poor? Do we know? Are you going to be healthy or sick? Do we know? Are you going to be married or single? We don't know. Are you going to have a business or be unemployed? We don't know. We don't know, right? None of you, none of you knows. So, dunya, remember this lesson. Dunya keeps changing. It's like a roller coaster. Okay? Now, if I let dunya enter my heart, what will happen to my heart? It will also go up and down. Happy, sad, happy, sad, happy, sad. And what, what happens to my heart if it's always up and down, up and down? I go crazy. I'll be unstable. 
Some days I'm happy, sometimes I'm depressed. Sometimes I'm scared, sometimes... So Allah tells us in the Quran, He tells us, take the dunya out. Just hold it in your hand, manage it. But leave akhirah in your heart. This way, when dunya is up and down and your, and your heart is only attached to akhirah, what's going to happen in your life? Will you be stable or instable? Stable. stable, exactly. And that's what the prophets did. All the prophets, their life was difficult or easy? Difficult, extremely difficult. But what made them stable? Their heart was filled with what? Akhirah. Obsessed with Akhirah. Obsessed with pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Obsessed with just gaining the reward and, and helping people and just doing khair. They're not competing for this world. They're competing for Akhirah. The matrix wants you to compete for this world. You see the difference? You see how it's totally different way of thinking, totally different philosophy. And the attitude will be different. Your actions will be different. Your results will be different. Now let's look at the comparison between the two. Now we're going a bit deeper, okay? Are you guys okay with me so far? Yes? Okay. So now, remember, the difference between the two is that they're doing things differently. They're doing opposite things. And in both cases, they're easy to do. Both of them are easy. It's easy to do and it's easy not to do. So for example, is it easy to pray Asr? Yes? Yeah, I mean, you make wudu and you pray. It takes, what, five minutes, ten minutes, right? Pretty easy, isn't it? Is it easy to skip Asr and watch Netflix? Yeah, they're both easy. So it's easy to pray and it's easy not to pray. Now, whether you pray Asr or you, don't, or you watch Netflix today, does it make a difference to you today? Does it? No, it doesn't make any difference. Life will go on. That's why if you see this, um, you see this, these two lines here, you see this line and this line, they're both like the same in the beginning. The starting point is pretty much the same. But if you skip Salah for 20 years, and you watch Netflix for 20 years, Is there, going to make, is there going to be a big difference? Yeah. Yes. So we're, what we're learning here is that successful people are consistent. And they're to, let's, we need to complete that sentence. Successful people are consistent with doing the right thing. The thing that pleases Allah. So for example, Salah is just one example, right? Successful people will pray consistently on time for the long run. Is it easy? What do you think? Not easy to be disciplined. Not easy. Okay. Uh, the failures, they will be consistent with watching Netflix, Netflix. I'm just giving an example of entertainment, right? Just entertainment, entertainment, PlayStation, Netflix, Snapchat, YouTube. They're just consistently... They're very disciplined with watching entertainment for a long time. What happens to your, to your character after a while? Gets corrupted. You get more and more programmed to be thinking like the Matrix. 
It's a trap. So you see the difference? Let's look at the... So that was an example for Salah, like even Quran. Before sleeping, successful people, let's say they read one page of Quran every day with like translation. Is that easy or difficult? Easy. And it's easy not to do that also? Yeah, very easy not to do that. So the one who every night before sleeping, they read one page with translation consistently for 20 years. What's going to happen to their life? Big change or no? And the one who chooses not to do that? 20 years of no Quran. Big change or no? Of course. Even uh, in, rela- in relationships, I have four kids, right? So every night before going to sleep, I kiss my kids goodnight. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, so, or I read, like some, some parents read bedtime stories, right? Is it easy to read a bedtime story for your kids? It can be boring sometimes, like you have to be creative and all. But kissing my kids goodnight, easy? Yeah. Ignoring them and going out for shisha with my friends, easy? Yeah. If I choose to do kissing my kids goodnight for 20 years, how will my relationship with my kids be? Successful or no? But if I spent 20 years with my friends, you know, smoking shisha and ignoring my, my children, what's going to happen after 20 years? Exactly. And then I will complain. Then I will cry. I will say, oh, my kids, they don't like me. They don't spend time with me, right? Same thing applies to finances. I mean, you guys are still young, but just, you need to know this. Is it easy to save some money every month? Is it easy to spend it? Yeah. yeah. But if like successful people, they started saving and giving charity every month, let's say 10% of their income, what will happen after 20 years? Big change or no? But if you kept spending, 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 after 20 years, you're going to end up with a lot of debt, a lot of credit card bills, a lot of loans, yes or no? Failure financially. Health-wise, is it easy to do, uh, I don't know, 10 push-ups every day? Yeah, 10 sit-ups, easy. Is it easy to not do exercise and just like sit on the couch and watch TV? Yeah. Is it easy to eat a banana? Is it easy to eat a, eat, eat a chocolate chip cookie? They're both easy. But if you choose to eat the healthy fruit for 20 years, what's going to happen to your health? successful. If you eat the chocolate chip cookie for 20 years consistently, what's going to happen? Do you see the difference? Yeah? Intellectually, you, you read a good book for 20 years versus entertainment for 20 years. Who's going to be successful? You guys get the idea? Yeah? So successful people think about doing certain habits repeatedly for a long time and then they see the fruits in the long run. Whereas the failures, they don't have the, they don't have what? They don't have the patience. Does it require patience to be part of the top guys? Yeah, because you don't see results. You don't see results fast, number one. Number two, 
people make fun of you because you're always the weirdo you're always eating healthy you're always like reading Quran and, and using your recess break for salah and you're traveling for Umrah whereas everyone else is going to like I don't know Turkey or New York or London or you're uh, always saving whereas your friends are like spending you're always you're doing things differently and different people will be seen as normal or weird weird exactly but then the weird people are always going to be the ones who are successful now another difference between the two why do the, the failures choose to stay on the down path because what do they see short term pleasure they see that you know entertainment is, is pleasurable eating a cupcake pleasurable so for them, it's like, I want pleasure now. But then what are the consequences of having pleasure now? In the long term, there's pain, right? Long term. Whereas the top guys, they're willing to do what? Take a little bit of what? Pain. But then long term, what do they have? Pleasure. Exactly. This is one of the biggest differences, is that the failures, the failures they, they want instant pleasure. They want the girlfriend or the boyfriend now. They can't wait for marriage. The success, no. They're like, no, I won't get into any haram relationship. I will be patient. I want to get married and I want to do everything the halal way. The failures, they're like, I want to try smoking and alcohol now. I want to fit in with my friends. The successful people say, no, I will have, I will be patient, I'll have halal drinks. There's a thousand halal drinks that I can have. And of course, in Akhra, you'll have special kind of drinks also, which will be a gazillion times better than any drink in this world. So you see the difference? The pain of saving money, the pain of praying on time. Is it painful to wake up for Fajr, for example? Yeah, extremely painful, right? You're sacrificing the most amazing thing in life, which is sleeping, right? Do you guys like sleeping? Yeah, I love sleeping also. But Allah, like, He tests us, right? He says, Yalla, it's Adhan time. And in the Adhan, even the guy says, As-salatu khayrun minan Prayer is better than sleeping, literally. But then we have to kind of struggle, right? We have to think. By the way, if you want to get some drinks, help yourself. It's all halal. <laughs> so you guys get this idea? It's difficult to wake up for Fajr. Is it easy to fast? In the beginning days? First, first couple of days? First day or two is like difficult, man. Because you get headache and tired, energy is low, right? Dizziness. Just the first two, three days. But then your body adjusts. So you have a little bit of pain, but then eventually what? It becomes easy. Can you give me another example of how something can be painful in the beginning and 
pleasurable later on? Yeah. Exactly. Then you can do like 20 pull-ups. Yeah. Everyone will be like, whoa, how do you do that? You have six-pack, everyone like, whoa, how do you have that? Right? So yeah, exactly. Working out. Is it painful or not to work out? How many of you work out or do exercise? Yeah, extremely tough. I mean, I play paddle. You know the sport, paddle? I play for the national team. Very tough trainings. And uh, three days training, three day, uh, two days workout at the gym. Very painful. My muscles are sore. Sometimes you get injuries. Right? But then long term, you have the pleasure of health. You have the pleasure of well-being. Yeah? So... These guys in the bottom, they always complain. They say, uh, like they have this attitude of being neglectful. They neglect their body. They don't take care of their body. They neglect their relationship with Allah. They don't take care about Salah or Quran or anything. They don't care to learn about the deen. They neglect. They neglect their finances. They spend carelessly. Neglect relationship. They don't care about husband, wife, parents, children, nothing. And then when things go bad, they blame. They blame their problems on others. My friends, the school, shaitan. Is it fair to blame shaitan for our, our failures? Can't. Because shaitan's goal is only to invite you. But who has the freedom to, to accept or to reject? Do we have a freedom to accept and reject? Mm -hmm. Of course, that's the gift Allah has given us. He's given us freedom of choice. And that's what makes us different than who? Angels. Because angels worship Allah and they obey Allah, but do they have a choice? No. We, Allah has given us the guidance. He's given us Quran and Sunnah. He said, if you follow me, you will be better than the angels. Because angels worship me and obey me. But they don't have a choice. But you guys have a choice and you still decide and choose to worship and obey me? Wow. Now you're in a higher station than angels. So these guys at the bottom, they feel entitled. They don't do anything for their health, but they feel entitled to be healthy. No. If you, if you don't care for your body, uh, you're going to get diabetes and cholesterol and all sorts of diseases. You're not entitled to anything. You have to work for it. But then these guys, they have responsibility, they have values, and they're disciplined. They know that there is a consequence for their choice every time. So discipline is painful, but consequences of failure are even more painful. That's why you see this pain here. Is it a big pain or small pain? Look at this pain. Bigger, right? So that's what shaitan doesn't want you to see. He wants you to see that. And look at the pleasure here. Is it small or big? 
What about the pleasure here? So in both ways, you're actually winning if you're in the success path. Your pain is less and your pleasure is more. Their pleasure is less and the pain is more. But what does shaitan do? He hides the long term. Right? He just sells you the short term. Like fast food. He wants you to think quick. Now. I want this now. I don't care about 20 years down the road. We'll see when we get there. But one of the biggest pains of life is regret. Right? Imagine you're, you're 50 or 60. And you look back at your life and you say, Oh my God, I wasted my life. I didn't read Quran. I didn't study Quran. I didn't pray. I didn't value my relationships. I didn't save money. I spent all my money. I didn't give any charity. I didn't take care of my body. I was so lazy. Never worked out. Never ate healthy. Never read any books. Is that regret painful? Yeah, because do those years come back or no? So now you understand why Allah swore by time. So let's try to connect all of this with Surah Al-Asr. Like, what's the connection, right? First of all, Allah swore by time. The time is a witness. Wal-Asr. Inna al-insana lafi khusr. Because throughout history, we've seen that people keep making, majority keep making the wrong choices. Yeah. Good, very good point. So let's dig into Al-Asr. So Asr means also the Salah, right? Okay, Salat Al-Asr, which is the time right before Maghrib. I don't know if you know this, but which one is the last prayer of the day? Actually, it is uh, like with Maghrib, a new day starts. So Asr is kind of like that last lap. It's the last portion of the day. With Maghrib, a new day begins. Not with Isha, like Islamically. So what's Isha? So Isha is like a night prayer. Yeah. But uh, I'm speaking night from... Night prayer for the same day, but from a calendar perspective, the next day begins after Maghrib time. Because the moon is appearing, you know, so it's like, it starts getting dark. So Asr is also the final prayer before the next day starts. So Allah is also highlighting how like the urgency of time. You don't have much time left. Because what does shaitan want you to do? He wants you to always procrastinate, right? Keep delaying, delaying, delaying. And Asr also comes from Asir. You know what Asir means? Juice, yeah. It's kind of like this juice is coming out of your life every day. And will that juice ever come back? You guys, have, have you ever seen that? Uh, it's called an hourglass. It's like sand that keeps dropping from one to the other, yes? So our life is like that. Like every day, a little bit of sand is coming down. And you will not get a chance to flip it. You have only one chance. Every day counts. It's like a countdown. And then, by the way, like when you start repeating that habit of successful people, then even that short-term pain goes away. It becomes pleasurable. Salah will become pleasurable to you. In the beginning, it becomes difficult, but then it becomes pleasurable. Quran will become pleasurable to you. 
saving and giving charity will become pleasure. Like your programming will change. Allah will make good deeds easy for you to do and bad deeds difficult. So in the beginning, it's like good deeds are difficult, bad deeds are easy. But then as you change your habits, it will switch. And then it will be difficult for you to do sins. It will be difficult for you to be a bad person. You know. And by the way, all the haram stuff anyway, is it, is it uh, pleasurable? Like, like smoking, is it, is it actually pleasurable? No. It's disgusting. I mean, it tastes disgusting, it smells disgusting. Yeah? Actually, it's it, the actual uh, substance is not pleasurable. It's, it stinks. It's disgusting. It makes you cough. But you know what shaitan does? He's a genius at this. Shaitan packages cigarettes and vaping, for example, as tasting freedom. Tasting joy. So when you have it, you don't think about the taste, the ugly taste. You experience freedom. and Because you, you're most probably going to do it in secret, right? Like behind your parents. And so it feels like, wow, I'm doing something like I'm free. Same thing with alcohol and other haram things. They're actually disgusting, but he packages it as freedom. And he sells it to you. So it's a trap. But in reality, they're all disgusting things. Because Allah only makes what's impure, haram. Anything that's pure is always going to be halal. He will never make something pure, haram. Okay? I'm just going to move on. Okay, so wal asr by time. Inna al-insana lafi khusr. Most human beings are going to be in a state of loss, except for those who have iman, amal salih, tawasib al-haq, tawasib al-saf. Now, how is it all connected with this? Number one, illa ladina amanu, except for those who believe. What does iman mean actually? Amanu. Okay, that's one meaning. Always when you want to know what a, a word means in Quran, you have to go down to its root. And the root usually of every word is three letters. In the case of Amanu, it's actually Amna. Amana. What does Amn mean? Yeah, you feel safe. You feel safe and secure. So a mu'min... Is he worried and afraid or is he feeling safe and secure? Why? From Allah's protection. Exactly. Because one of Allah's names is Al-Mu'min actually. Do you guys know this? One of his beautiful names is Al-Mu'min. The one who provides you safety and security. The one who makes you feel safe. Is that amazing or no? Yeah, so when you, when you have Allah in your heart, you actually feel safe. You're not afraid of anything. You become fearless. Because when you have Allah, Allah's protection, can anything harm you? No. And 
Allah and His angels are there to protect you. And speaking of angels, by the way, since we're studying Quran and remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, guess what's happening in this gathering now? 100%. So several things are happening. Number one, Allah is uh, protecting us. There's angels right here around us, literally. Uh, and Allah is sending down a sakina, which is like a tranquility, a peaceful state of your heart. And He is forgiving all our sins, literally. And then the best one, Allah is remembering us by name in a gathering better than this one up, up there. Like literally by name. Like there's this attendance being recorded. Every single one of you by name is being mentioned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Isn't that an honor? So it's pretty amazing. So, amanu. What is the motivation for these people to keep going? It's the iman. Iman is the fuel, right? It's your love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is that obsession to please Him? It's the obsession to be of the of the ones who will be in the highest levels of Jannah. You know, like in school, you guys, um, which grade do you aim for in school? Do you aim for an A or a B or a C or a D? Depends on the subject. <laughs> but in general, if you had a choice, exactly. So similarly, in, in, uh, in the case of the successful people of Allah, they aim for the, the A. They want to be from the muhsineen, the mu'mineen, the ones who Allah loves. Because, you know, in Jannah, there's also darajat, right? There's grades. So you aim to, for, to be from the highest. You want to please Allah for the highest. So, also there's this feeling of love in it. They feel safe with Allah. They know that uh, they're deep inside. Allah loves them. Allah is Rahman and Rahim. He's merciful. He's caring. He's forgiving. He's compassionate. And, and when you know that, you feel safe. And also amanu means they believe. They believe what? That all their efforts will not go to waste. Right? Because like you're working so hard to be on the discipline, on the right path. This is kind of like the Sirat al-Mustaqim, right? Yes? Like in Surah Al-Fatiha, what do we say? Ihdina Sirat al-Mustaqim. Guide us to the upright path. Literally, this is that upright path that you're asking Allah for. فَآمَنُوا إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Number one. Number two, وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ are, are those guys doing a lot of amal salih? What is amal salih? Let's talk about that. What does it mean to have وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ Yeah, actually salihat comes from the root word salaha, which means to fix. Which means to fix something that's broken or fix something that's not working. It also means kind of like to solve a problem. For those people who have iman, they're actually doing things to make a difference. They're creating positive change. They're impacting the world positively. They're fixing problems. Yes? 
So our role as Muslims is not passive. We're actively engaged in society and we're solving problems and we're you know, making this world a better place. And you know how to be very, very successful in business? Think about the value of the problem you're solving. The bigger the problem you're trying to solve, the more money you make. Remember that. Give me an example of like a, a big problem that someone solved and be, they became a billionaire. Electric cars? Was that a big problem? Who solved it? Yeah. Uh, Microsoft Excel? Big problem? Yeah. Who solved it? Yeah. So problem solving is the key. So you know our, our role is not just okay we pray, we fast, we read Quran. No, we also are in our in our worldly affairs, we're solving problems, Aminu Salihat, constantly fixing things. Because is the matrix broken or fixed? Broken. broken, yeah. We have to like keep fixing. Aminu Salihat. And, and before fixing the world, what do you fix first? Yourself, Yourself exactly, your heart, especially the core, remember. The core is always going to be your heart. Fixing the heart. Why? What, what's, what can be wrong with the heart? Yes, the veils. What are some of the diseases of the heart? Who can tell me? There are some diseases of the heart. Spirit, spiritual diseases of the heart. Very good. Hatred. Jealousy. Or envy, right? Is jealousy and envy the same thing? How is it different? Okay. What else? So we have jealousy, envy, hatred. What else? Diseases of the heart. Greed. Greed, big one. And? Pride. Pride. The biggest one. Arrogance and pride, yeah? What is arrogance and pride? Thinking that you're better than others. Ego, exactly. And um, racism is one of the worst forms of arrogance. Isn't it? If you think about it, right? Because you only make fun of others when you think you're better than them, right? Whether it's based on skin color or nationality or race or gender or whatever. What else? There's a few more diseases of the heart. But arrogance is one of the biggest one. Why? Who, whose problem was this in the first place? Who was the first, first one to have arrogance? Shaitan. Remember when Allah told all the angels to do sajda to Adam and they all did except for who? Shaitan. Iblis. Yeah, he refused. He says, I'm better than him. You created me from fire. You created him from clay. Fire is better than clay. So he tried to justify his disobedience, you know. So his arrogance led to disobedience. And in fact, his logic was false also, because is clay, what's more superior, fire or clay? Clay actually is more superior, right? Like if you take sand and water and you put it on fire, fire is gone, right? So he used false logic to just... Uh, 
justify his disobedience. So shaitan is very weak, by the way. Actually, Allah tells us in the Quran, "Inna kaida shaitani ka that the traps and the tricks of shaitan are very weak. But you just have to be aware of them. Like you have to be smart and aware. Some other disease of the heart. Yalla. There's one very hidden one. It's called um, Riya. Riya. It's one of the most dangerous ones actually. What does it mean? Anyone knows? Riya. Riya is when you do something as a show-off to be seen. You want people to be impressed with you. You pray so that they say, wow, mashallah, that person prays. You know, you wear hijab, wow, because she wears hijab, she's so righteous. Or, I don't know, to show off, off, yeah, anything. You have a YouTube page or channel and just so that people can say, wow, she's a YouTuber, he's a YouTuber, he's an influencer, she's an influencer. You buy a car so people can say, wow, look at this car. You buy clothes so people can say, wow, look at this clothes. So you're always thinking of showing off. That's called riya. Scary one, right? Because we all fall into that trap. You all want to impress others. And uh, the riya, the, it's actually known as a shirk al-asghar. It's actually a form of shirk. What is shirk, by the way? Shirk. Anyone knows what shirk is? Associating partners with Allah, right? Shirk comes from uh, sharaka, which means to have partners. So Allah wants us to worship Him alone or with partners also? Alone, right? La ilaha illallah. We worship Allah and Allah alone. No partners with Him. What did the Christians do that was mistake? What was their mistake? The Trinity, they made partners with Allah, right? They said God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They made, they made Isa alayhi salam, the Jesus, may, uh, who was, a, you know, we love him as a prophet. But was he the Son of God? Can God have sons? No. Lam yalid wa lam yulad in Surah Al-Ikhlas. He didn't give any birth to any children, nor was he born out of parents. So why is Riya a minor form of shirk? Think about it. Who are we bringing in as partners with Allah? Ourselves and people, actually. People is a bigger one. We do things for people. You build a masjid, so people can say, wow, look at that person, he built a masjid. You build an orphanage, so people can say, wow, look at that person. And by the way, if we, do, if we have that shirk in our deeds, what happens to the reward of that effort? Completely goes. So let's say like 90% you did it for Allah and 10% for people. Do you get any reward for that? That's how dangerous riya is. You get zero reward for that. Scary, huh? So we have to really check our intention and be very, very peculiar and watch for this riya. And then another very hidden one is ujb. Ujb means uh, being impressed with yourself. 
you give credit to yourself for all the good things in your life. You uh, get a good grade in an exam, you say, yeah, because I studied hard. What's the right way of thinking? Alhamdulillah, this is from Allah's. Who gave you a brain? Could you have done it without Allah? Exactly. So it's being humble about it, right? But when you say, yeah, I, um, yeah, I won that match because I've been training very hard you know, over the past three months. Is that ujb or no? Yeah. yeah. You take, if you take credit for good things in your life, it's called ujb. Like you're, you're highly impressed with yourself. You're... you're Forgetting that Allah is the one who gave you that gift. Because everything we have is Allah's gift anyway. Right? Whatever talent you have, whatever skills you have, your looks, your voice, if you're a singer, your intellect, your physique, your anything, anything. Everything is Allah's gift. So everything, that, everything good that happens, we have to give credit to who for it. Allah. How much credit do we take? Like, what, like is it okay if I give 90% credit to Allah and I take 10%? Is that okay? No. How much percent should go for me? For me, zero. Tough one, right? It's another very tough one. So, riya and ujb, very difficult, very... And arrogance also, because like it's, um, it's a very subtle thing. It's hidden. And uh, nobody likes to be called out on arrogance. Right? And by the way, the number one sign that you have arrogance is when you say, I don't have arrogance. Because we all do fall into that trap a bit. So, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ And then the last uh, two is وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالصَّبْرِ Let's talk about those two and then we're done. Okay? وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالْحَقِّ Tawasaw means what? There is an exchange happening. We advise one another. We counsel one another. Bilhaq. With al-haq. What is haq? Truth. What is truth? What does Allah mean by haq here? Exactly, his speech, Quran. One of the meanings of Quran is al-haq, al-mubin. The clear truth. And then one of Allah's names is Al-Haq, actually. He is also Al-Haq. So, وَتَوَاصَبْ Al-Haq means they remind each other. They, cons they advise one another. They counsel one another to what Allah says, to what the Qur'an says. They keep reminding each other about Qur'an, about Allah. It's like teamwork. Because sometimes do we fall off track? But we got to have that company around us to get us back on track. Does that make sense? And truth is um, clear, right? Like it just gets in your heart and you know it's truth. Falsehood is darkness. And then the last one is وَتَوَاصَوْ sabr. Those who advise, notice it's the same repetition, تَوَاصَوْ Advise one another, counsel one another. So we're learning here also that the successful people, do they have like a, 
Are they working in solos or are they part of like a small group of? Actually, no. Tawasaw is jam'ah. It is like there's a team. There's a saying, right? They say, well, if you walk alone, you can walk, I don't know. Do you guys know that quote? Yes. Yes, please. So, um, yeah, you are the sum of the you know, five friends that are around you. So if five of your friends are like just involved in entertainment and shamelessness and haram stuff, then don't think that you'll be different. If you take like a, <coughs> a healthy fruit and place it in a basket of rotten fruit, what happens to that healthy fruit? Rots, yeah. So your environment affects you. So tawasaw being repeated twice, this word tawasaw bilhaq. Tawasaw bilsawr means they have this uh, group. And maybe this can be that group for you guys. Because maybe you don't have it in school, do you? That's one of the problems of, our, of the matrix. Uh, you know, it's difficult for people to come out of the matrix and come to a group like this and really speak about like truth. Don't underestimate like what we're doing. This is, and again, do we take credit for it? No, it's Allah's fadl for us. Like all the knowledge I have is from who? Allah. You guys coming here is whose favor? Allah chose you to be here. And whoever hosted us, it's Allah chose them to be the host to gather us together. So it's all Allah's plan. But it's we gotta be humble and we gotta be grateful for it, right? Because Allah chose us for this. Now that does that mean that there's something special about you guys? Yeah, there is something special, 100%. Allah loves you guys. That's why He wanted you to, you to be here. Your friends aren't here. Your cousins aren't here. You are here for a reason. So, And they remind and consult each other on patience. Why patience? Because it's a long road. Right? Is there any... Do you see the finishing line? What's going to keep motivating you? Because you sometimes like lose, uh, you lose uh, steam, right? Like you need motivation. So what can be the motivation? Usually results are the motivation. But like in dunya, will you see any results? Yeah, but akhara is too late. So what will keep you motivated in dunya? Your yeah, the iman. Yeah, so that love of Allah subhanahu wa taala. That's the only thing, guys. The only thing that will keep you motivated to be on that track is your love for Allah subhanahu wa taala. And what will keep you remembering the love of Allah, your love for Allah and Allah's love for you? What What's the number one thing that will keep you reminded of this relationship of love? There's one thing. Before that, like what, what will remind you that Allah loves you? Muslim. Yeah, that you're a Muslim. That's, so basically it's the favors of Allah on you. That you're still alive and healthy. Exactly. All the flavors. Uh, not flavor. All the... 
ni'am of Allah, all the favors of Allah on you, all the blessings of Allah. When you really reflect on the favors and you become grateful, then that's, that's, the, that's the key to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani the, the example I like to give is the example of um, a king. Allah is, one of his names is Al-Malik. He is the king of all kings. Yes. So imagine this is all, this whole dunya is his kingdom. It's his, like you're all in this grand palace called dunya. Who is the king? Allah. And who are we? We are his beloved guests. He is hosting us in his palace. We are his guests. And he told us, enjoy this world. You can breathe. You can learn. You can get to know people. You have food. You have shelter. You have. And by the way, there are three favors. If you have them, you are some of the luckiest people on earth. Number one, food. Do we all have food at home? Number two, shelter. Do we have a home, all of us? So food, shelter. The third one is clothing. Do we all have clothes? If you have these three, if you can take these three, you are on the cream of humanity. There are so many people who have no food, no clothes, no shelter. So, you are a guest here, and does anything belong to you? Who does everything belong to? To the king. The king owns everything. You own nothing. But Allah has given you access to this temporarily. Can he take it away from you anytime? And when he does, do you have any right to complain? Why? Because it was never yours to begin with, right? That's why when someone dies, what do we say? Inna lillahi. Verily, we belong to Allah. Wa inna ilayhi raj'un. And we only will go back to Him. You see that? So everything belongs to Him. Everything, everything, everything. Even the money in your bank account, your cars, your parents' house, nothing belongs to you. So now you want to, naturally, what do you want to do? You want to be grateful, right, for this opportunity. So, now imagine the situation, right? All human beings, how many are there in the world today? Eight billion. It's eight, really? During our times, it was six. So, eight, huh? So, eight billion guests in this grand palace. And then Allah also told us, listen guys, there's this book that I've recorded, like my speech is recorded in this book. And it has in it a guide for you to live the best life. And in it will be the best formula to like, you know, have happiness and joy in this life and in the next. It'll have the, the answers to all your questions. This book will have answers to all your questions. Okay? Now, the, like, just kind of imagine the reality of life, right? Like the, this world. All of the guests in this palace are enjoying all the palace, the food and the fruits and they're traveling and all of that. Has, Here's what I found. 
I didn't ask Siri for anything, did I? So what, did, what are most human beings doing? Are they even opening up that book and, and reading it to see what Allah has to say? How do you describe this situation? Hmm? Arrogance. Arrogance. What else? Ignorance. Ignorance. Nice. Do most people don't even know that there is this book that exists? A lot of people do, but they don't take it seriously. Why? Lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. They don't believe. They don't believe in God, maybe? Yeah, they're following the rest. They don't see any added value. They see a lot of bad Muslim examples. They're like, this can't be the best way of life. Because they're judging Islam based on what? On Muslims. How are you supposed to judge Islam? Based on the, the people who follow it or on the actual book? The actual book, yeah. Because maybe Muslims haven't been representing the deen in the best way. Yes or no? And as Muslims... Is it our duty to first live by this book and then share it with the world? Yes or no? Are we doing one or the other? Not much, right? Yes? So one, living by it. Number two, sharing it. Because if you don't share it, who's going to share it? Think about it. Like, And why did Allah chose us... Why Allah chose us to be Muslims Asla in the first place Does that come with that? It's an honor But does it come with a responsibility yeah. Exactly So we have two challenges One is to act and live by this book Number two Share it with the world Can you share it with the world without living it No And to live by it you have to learn it Yes And that's what we're here for so وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالصَّبْرِ requires patience. And now why? يعني, there's different kinds of patience. One is, um, can you guess by the way? Who can guess what are the different kinds of patience? There's three main types of patience. Yalla. So we can end. Then you can go home. Patience, different kind of patience. Like, when do you use patience in this context? There's three ways. Good. So patience in the fact that you're doing good deeds, but there's no results. Yes? Does that require patience or no? Yes. yes. That's one. So it's called sabr ala ta'at. And you're doing, you're praying, you're reading Quran, you're doing all this, and, and there's no fruits. You, it's like you're a farmer, you're planting seeds, but there's no fruits. Do you require patience to keep going? Yes, that's one. Number two. Yeah, like what? Um, anything going wrong inside your life. Exactly. Sabr al ibtila. Yes, masaib. So will will Allah test us with like difficulty in life? Allah says, "Wala nabluwannakum." We will surely test you. Bishayin with a bit with a bit of khawf, fear. Hunger. Loss of money. Loss of people in your life. Loss of fruits. And then at the end he says, he says, And give good news to the 
believers. So yeah, we will, we will have tragedies and calamities in our life. You'll have people in your life that you love that will, will pass away. You'll be separated from them. Uh, you will go through financial difficulties sometimes. You will go through health issues. You will go through all sorts of roller coasters. Remember we said life is a roller coaster. Okay? But then the one thing that will help you remain constant is what? Sabr and faith, right? Iman. That's I'm, not, I'm not interested in this dunya anyway. My, my goal is akhirah. So, Ya Allah, whatever you have written for me in my qadr, in my destiny, I accept it. That's why one of the pillars of Iman is what? How many pillars of Iman are there? Six, yeah, what are they? Iman billahi, Iman in Allah. Yes, and the books. And angels. Prophets. Day of Judgment, yes, and Qadr, Fate, Destiny, right? Which is written by who? Allah. And so as believers, we, as Muslims, we do istislam to this, we submit, we surrender. Because what does the ego want to do? It always wants to resist, it wants to question, it wants to argue. How come, Ya Allah? It's not fair. Why do you do this to me? Do these questions come to your mind sometimes? Like the biggest question of all is why do good things happen to, uh, sorry, why do bad things happen to good people? Right? Does our mind understand? It can't understand. It's difficult. But then what keeps us, what gives us hope? What's the hope? That Allah is there. Allah is the king. He's managing things in the best way. Maybe we don't understand, but we trust that he's doing it in the best way. So that, those were the two types of sabr. Sabr on the fruits of your good deeds. Sabr from difficulties in life. And then the third kind of sabr is sabr from not falling in the wrong path. The sabr al-ma'asi it's called Like sabr from not following your desires Because is it difficult to, to resist your temptations and desires? Extremely difficult It requires sabr And so Resisting that is Sabr, sabr, sabr So you see how like Surah Al-Asr Summarizes this whole thing Wal-Asr I swear by time, inna al-insana lafi khusr. The human being is in a loss. Illa alladheena amanu, except for those who believe, wa amilu salihat, those who do good deeds, wa tawasaw bil haq, those who remind each other for the truth, and tawasaw bil sabr. And see this, like, I love this uh, ending of Surah Al-A'la. Allah asks us a question. He says, بَلْ تُؤْثِرُونَ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ وَأَبْقَى Do you favor this hayat dunya, this worldly life, this low life? 
Dunya comes from like low. Do you favor this low life? Well, akhirah is khayrun wa abqa. It's better for you and it's longer lasting. What are you guys, like he's like questioning us. How can you favor this world over that? It's a no-brainer. Obviously that is much better for you. Right? And then he says, This lesson, this lesson about that life is better than this life, this is what has been always there in the previous books. The books and the pages of Abraham and Musa. This, like, this is the lesson. This is the ultimate lesson. That, that life, the akhirah, is better than this life. Stop allowing the matrix to trick you to think that this life is all you have. Uh, what's that term? YOLO, right? You only live once. So people use that to kind of enjoy life to the max, right? That's the matrix. No, we sacrifice this life. We, we, mean, we remain in the boundaries of Allah and we live in obedience to Allah. Why? Because... We love him and we trust that he has something better for us. It's a big sacrifice, isn't it? Yeah? Not easy. Big sacrifice and it's, like we said, a lot of patience required because you're going to be the weirdo. You're going to be different. But that's the purpose of our life. It's to pass the test of life. Because this is, a t it's all a test. In Surah Al-Mulk, Allah says that خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا He created death and life to test you who, will, who among you will do the best. So either we live our life fulfilling our role or we live our life in deception, you know, and we like are deluded. Notice, أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ اشْتَرَوا الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا بِالْآخِرَةِ Allah says, those are the ones who sold this dunya. It's like a, it's like a deal. You're selling dunya for what? Akhirah. Ishtaraw al-hayat al-dunya bil-akhirah. Sorry, in this, in this context, Allah is talking about the, the bad people, right? They bought the dunya in exchange for it. So they sold the akhirah for dunya. So the question for us is, which one are you going to buy? If Allah is offering you dunya and akhirah, which one would you buy? You buy dunya and sell akhirah? We know. Allah told us everything in akhirah. Yeah. So, the, I mean, the correct attitude would be we sell dunya for akhirah, but you still work in dunya, of course. Selling doesn't mean you don't get engaged and all that. So, this was uh, like. I thought this would be a nice introduction to our gathering here. Is I wanted to give you a taste of the beauty of the Quran and how profound its message can be. Uh, just a small surah like this that you've been reciting for uh, God knows how many years now, right? But actually, like some ulama, some scholars say that if you understand the lesson from Surah Al-Asr, you've understood all of the deen. Khalas, you, like you have enough knowledge. Because it wakes you up. It opens your eyes to reality. And uh, hopefully it gives you some motivation. Because there's an element of fear in it, right? Nobody wants to lose 
But then there's also that motivation that, okay, there is an exception. And so it's like Allah is kind of uh, tempting you to be part of the exception. You know? So I'm done. I'd like to hear from each of you, like what is it that you learned and what you thought about like the, um, the lesson today. We'll start with Karim. Was it what you expected or? Yes. Yeah? Good. Yes? Um, Are you glad that your mother forced you to come here? Yeah, I kind of, to be honest. Uh, you realize that um, every surah in the Quran has a deep meaning? Yes. Exactly. Uh, what was one lesson that clicked with you today? Um, following the majority and the minority. Good. Which one would you follow? A minority. Good. Yes, sister. Yes, sister in the back. Um, I realized that you have to make sacrifices in order to enjoy your life in here and you don't have to look at TV now to be a Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, well. Blind faith, yeah? yeah. It's blind, but it's yeah. it makes sense if you believe. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's a great choice of the surah to start with. <coughs> and, uh, even though this is supposed to be for teenagers and younger people, it still resonates with me. Alhamdulillah. I've learned this before, well, of course, but it's, it's always nice to hear it again. Uh, what really stuck with me, I would say, is uh, talk about sabr. Because uh, I've been going through like, different hardships in my life, and so it just uh, reassures you all the time. Sure. It's always nice to hear. And Allah says that in Allah you sabirin. Allah loves those who are patient. You know, so, yeah. Well, I agree with my brother and uh, brother there uh, that uh, it reassures me about. Although I took this before, I took this surah. It's a great start, and uh, it just reassures me of everything. Else. Great, great. Mashallah. Any questions about this lesson? Any doubts you have? It's very important for you to. One of the. Sh there's two traps of shaitan, shahawat and shubuhat. Temptations and desires and doubts. So think of doubts like holes in your mind. If you have doubts, what are you supposed to do? Ask, yeah, ask. Don't, don't be ashamed to ask and clear those doubts. 
Because if you leave that hole in your mind, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then the doubts, like so many young Muslims today are losing their faith. They're becoming atheists or agnostics because they have doubts and nobody's answering those questions, you see. So I encourage you, if you have any doubts, to feel free to ask. That's my job here, right, is to help answer. So if this is your chance, if you have any questions, any doubts about anything in Islam or Allah or life. Yeah. When it says, uh, when it says, uh, when it says, 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 is, he could have said inna nasa lafi khus, right? But he said al insan. Why? To address each one of us individually. Because when it's nas, you're like, yeah, people are in a loss, right? So we diffuse responsibilities. Like we start thinking that Allah is talking about other people. But when he says al insan, the human being, so it kind of makes us alert that wait, I'm included in this. Same thing. It's the same yeah. thing. Tawqeed. Adat Tawqeed or Adat Tawqeed. Good question. And Lam there is also for Tawqeed, by the way. La fi khusr. So, like, um, the best uh, analogy to this whole lesson is that, like, I want you to imagine this. Uh, Actually, there's an interesting video. Will it work here? Or it should, right? Sorry? A video? Um, like the sound and all that? Oh, it's not connected, right? Because I need to personal hotspot it or something, right? Yeah. 